Chapter 6, The Ballad of Bjorn Ferguson I awoke in a bed of a room that I can only assume belongs to the house in the village of a name that I can't remember the actual name of. It was a quaint little room, kind of dark, but still nice. The bed was a straw bed, but a bed nonetheless. That was probably the best sleep I have ever gotten in my life. I tried to get up, but there was a throbbing pain in my chest. I managed to sit up. I looked down to see that my chest is wrapped in bandages. That explains the throbbing pain in my chest. I thought it was from the realization that the girl from the castle was way out of my league. I remembered that the mountain lion sneak attacked me, and I would have said that it shaved my chest, but that would imply that I have hair there to begin with. I look around the room to see that the sun has started to set, meaning that I was unconscious for a good while. All of a sudden, I smelled the sweet aroma of a stew boiling over the fire. That sounds so nice right now because I hadn't eaten a proper meal since, well, ever. I am more motivated than ever. I needed to get out of this bed for a multitude of reasons, and this smell just added to that list. I managed to ignore the pain for my hunger was too strong. I opened the wooden door to see the prince and Bjorn talking around the fire. The prince sees me and smiles. He motions to me and Bjorn looks up at me too. I smile and hobble over, but a woman steps in front of me and tells me to lie back down. My puppy dog eyes looking into hers and pointing to the cauldron. But Stu, she wasn't having it. She folds her arm and exhales. This cute face can only get me so far. Then Bjorn puts his arm around her and tells me that he is glad to see me alive and well, but that I should listen to his wife. He then introduced me to her. Irsa was the one taking care of me. Bjorn then takes Irsa to the side and convinces her that I am fine and that I am a resilient one. While they were having a cute argument, really tells me that they were lovers, I snuck away to the fire, grabbed me a bowl. I didn't have time to find a spoon, so I drank straight from the bowl. Man, that was some good stew. As I was gulping it down, I locked eyes with Bjorn and Irsa. I stopped mid-gulp, put the bowl down, and wiped my face with my bare arm. Motioned up with my bowl. Good stew. Bjorn laughed a hearty laugh and said, She is called the young lion for a reason. It is more fitting than ever after the encounter on the road. He then explained that he was out hunting with his party, and they heard a horse rear. They knew something was wrong and rushed toward it. They came upon the prince being surrounded in myself, engaged in a one-on-one with the alpha. The prince was closer in need of more assistance, and he was royalty, so not offended there. They chased out the pack and went to help me, but the pouncing had just commenced and they saw me take the mountain lion down. After I had collapsed, they took control of Velvet Thunder and took us back to the village. We also grabbed the alpha lion you killed, Bjorn said as he pointed to the pelt that was stretched out on the tanner. I go for another swig of stew, Bjorn continues. We used the meat for the stew because you had a clean kill. I choke on the sip I was taking. The meat did taste different, but now I know. Irsa comes over to me, let me finish the mountain lion stew, and brought me back into the house, which I presumed was Bjorn's, and had me lay back down. I didn't have any trouble falling back asleep because I was exhausted, and that stew was surprisingly heavy. I awoke in the morning. The pain was less, but still there. I looked around to see if Irsa is nearby. She was not, so I sat up and really wanted to see what the damage was to my popping pecs. I look around again to see if the coast is clear. We're all good. I unwrap my bandages to find three cuts starting from near my left shoulder down to my mid-rib cage on my right. The middle cut was larger than the outer ones. It came back to me that the mountain lion came from above and slashed my chest. I was curious to see how deep the cuts were. I was about to touch them until the door swung open to reveal Irsep carrying a bowl of medicinal supplies in a face of fury that I have seen my mother give only to me and not my siblings. The face of rage that I am doing something really stupid. I tend to have that effect on women. She came in, slammed the basket on the nearby table and said, Well, I was going to take your bandages off anyways. Stop touching it. Let me see. She went over to examine the gnarly wound. She paused for a good while. 
Sealing nicely. Are you in any pain? She said. There was still a pain from my chest, but is manageable. I did not tell her that the death grip she has around my wrist to move my arm away from the wound was far worse. She goes back to the basket to grab a mortar and pestle. She grinds up the herbs into a heavy cream-like substance. She applies it to the wound and then tells me to wait for a moment before rewrapping it. I patiently wait. Well, for like two seconds. To pass this time, I sincerely apologize to Irsa. She thankfully accepted my apologies. I think we're on better terms. I hope. I then explain to her that I really want to go back and start training with Bjorn. She exhales and grabs what looks to be another ointment of some kind. I know. You're just like Bjorn. That's why this is going to hurt. I do a double take, but out of nowhere, Irsa slaps the ointment onto my chest with such force that I couldn't figure out if the stinging was from the ointment or from the five star I had just received. She then quickly lifts my hands and then wraps me back up. I honestly cannot comprehend what just happened. She explains to me to take it slow for the next few days and I can go out and start training with Bjorn. But if I overdo it, I'll have to answer to her and not Bjorn. I thank her for everything that she has done and for saving my life and quickly grab my things so that I can go and join the others in training. I obviously take Irsa's advice. It was less advice, more of a command. Bjorn, the prince, and I train all day every day for the next week. Cue the training montage. I kept getting stronger and stronger, catching up to the prince. We then take Sunday off to relax and take a break. Irsa checks up on me every evening, and today was the day that my scar had finally healed and that I was discharged from Irsa's medical services. I still lived under her roof and was under her maternal services still. The next four days, our training became more intense and cue the more intense training montage. That Friday was the last day of our training. We had to take our final test. The prince and I had to duel Bjorn each in a 1v1. The prince went first. It was an elegant fight where I was rooting for the prince and Irsa was rooting for her husband. They both had their advantages and disadvantages over each other. But in the end, the prince won his duel and passed Bjorn's test in training. To make it fair, I was to do a first thing in the morning Saturday. We celebrated the prince's victory for quite some time. Bjorn and I excused ourselves from the festivities to get ready for our duel. I couldn't fall asleep that night because I was so nervous. Thankfully, I got better quality sleep for whatever reason. I wake up and Irsa is helping me get ready for the duel. We had to be shirtless for the fight because we put chalk on the dull dueling swords to see where we struck each other. Irsa was worried my wound might open up again from the strain and having my chest exposed to Bjorn's sword. I tried to comfort her, but my charm can only work so far. I grabbed the sword that was once sharpened but is now completely dull from all the wear and tear from using it two weeks straight. Ulissa chose a nice auburn red dyed chalk for my sword. She chose purple for the prince and Bjorn has a nice light baby blue. We go out from the house and into the training grounds. Bjorn and I are on opposite sides. We both smile and wave at each other. The prince rolls his eyes because he is a more serious man and for his, they were very serious, but that's just not how I roll. I really hoped I looked as cool as I thought I looked. I mean, my shirt is off, and I have been working out. I had gained some muscle, and my scar looks pretty intimidating if you ask me. We chalked up our swords and stepped into the circle outlined in half auburn and half baby blue chalk, representing the two combatants. The fight lasted a solid seven minutes. We both were laughing a good portion of it and having fun. I let out a lot of my anger out into the fight, which isn't the greatest thing to do in a 1v1 rapier fight, but I had control over myself. There were many a times where it would appear that I have lost, but I would turn the tides on Bjorn. In the end, I came out as the victor. We both were very exhausted. We both were very exhausted during the duel. Irso actually was rooting for me. We then take baths and freshen up. Actually, clothe ourselves and eat a meal. After me, Bjorn told us he had gifts for us. 
He told us to go down the path and it will lead us to where we need to be. So I scarfed down the rest of my food because I had worked up an appetite, grab an apple to go, and we head off. We followed the path for a couple of minutes. It was silent because of how exhausted we were and nervous of what the gifts might be. You could hear only me chomping down on my apple. To break the silence, I said, I hope it's a Pegasus. Uh, no offense to Velvet Thunder. I love him, but Velvet would understand the situation if we were gifted Pegasus. Ooh, what if Velvet Thunder and our trace turned into uh, the Pegasuses? Pegasi? The prince cuts me off and outs his hand over my chest, and we both stopped and I looked up from my apple to see the fork in the road. Bjorn did not tell us about this. We looked down to see that there are two small huts on either side of the paths. We both concluded that we each had to go down a different path. I was standing on his right side, so I said that I can go to the right and he the left. He said yes, but not for that reason. He pointed, and there was a flag of purple on the left and red on the right. That makes more sense, but my intuition was correct either way. We nod to each other and depart to our huts accordingly. I stopped in front of the hut, took a deep breath, and went inside. Upon opening the door, I could see Ersta standing there with a smile on her face. I looked around the room to see that there is a trunk in the middle of the room. I looked back up to Irsa. She said that normally Bjorn does this, but she asked him if she could do the ceremony with me. She then opens the trunk. Inside is the mountain lion pelt that is turned into a cape for winter. She removed the cape from the trunk to reveal a rapier. I slowly picked it up and examined it. The rapier had an ornate design that had a lion's mouth along the circular cross guard. It was very subtle, but it was still very beautiful. Irsa said that when the prince and I first got here, Bjorn had each of us a sword be made for our training as a gift of us becoming true swordsmen. I told her that she should keep the mountain lion pelt because she'll need it more than I will with her living up in the mountains. I also told her to keep it to remember me by. Irsa then tells me to close my eyes. I do so. She comes around me and puts something around my neck. She tells me to open my eyes. It was a medallion that had a lion on it. She said that it's for me to remember her by, and it serves as a reminder of my scar and not do stupid things. I think Irsa through my tears, and I then set the rapier down and quickly hugged Irsa. She was not expecting it and was hesitant at first, but shortly after, she hugged me back. I picked up my sword, tied the sheath to my belt, and we walked out of the hut to meet the prince and Bjorn. Soon after, the prince and I packed up our things and said our goodbyes to the village. We then trekked the one-week journey back to the castle to get ready for the party for all the nobles.